Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Insider, brought to you just for a change by the delightful Vanishing Inc. On the line today we have none other than Christopher Rawlins. Chris, how are you this morning? Hello, I'm very good. How are you doing? I'm lovely, thank you very much. Now, good. we've only got 30 minutes for this podcast, so I keep it tight, so we're going to crack on. What's your yes. origin story? You've got 46 seconds. Uh, I was bitten by an ant and... <laughs> developed <laughs> uh, amazing yeah, skills. Developed amazing memory skills and I just do magic to cover up because if I really showed how good I was at memorising things, the world would be scared. Uh, no, I started doing card tricks when I was very young. Uh, magic tricks, used to learn them. Uh, I think the first trick I learned was from a cracker and it was a version of the Magic Age cards and then... Uh-huh. Uh, kind of did it on and off for a while and then did my first kind of gig when I was 13. It was for a family wedding and I was terrible. Went to International Magic, bought some tricks for that. Um, and also then just kind of had an on and off relationship with magic. Over time, started doing mentalism. Really enjoyed that. Still really enjoy that. And then over time, that became memory. That's my origin story. The ant thing is obviously the true version, but I'll give you a more version yeah, for can't. everyone to understand. Yeah, totally understand. Um, Ant-Man, that film's about me. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll just call you Ant-Man from now on. Um, you're a very diverse performer. Obviously, most people will know you for your mentalism work, but you're also an incredibly accomplished card magician. But most of your professional work is a memory act. Can you tell us how you bridge the three of them and the challenges that creates for you? Yeah, so it's a, good, it's a very good question. Well done. Not that you need a pat on the back for calling good questions. <laughs> um, it, it kind of is tricky, actually, because... Uh, there's a conflict between uh, magic and, and the memory side of it. I don't. I don't think there's that much of a problem between uh, mentalism and magic. Like, uh, in the sense that I'm fine to sit with friends or family and friends, and and they know I do magic tricks. Um, and then I can also show them stuff that looks like I'm reading their mind, and that's fine. Um, but it, it's tricky because I don't like to link magic with memory. Why? Um, because the memory shows that I do are aimed towards audiences and people um, that wouldn't appreciate the idea of being um, of seeing a trick. They want to see something that is uh, the main goal behind the memory stuff isn't to like show off and look how great I am. It's to inspire people to do you know cool things okay. and um, and to motivate them to do cool things almost. Um, but it's tricky to balance all that. I I don't really ever perform magic professionally as a, as a paid performer like if you even if you book me to do strolling which is very rare that I do that now but uh, if you book me to do that I'm, I will do mind reading I won't do um, I won't do ambitious card and you know all of that stuff um, so that's how I keep those things separate and there's there's less of a separation needed between memory and mind reading because they do kind of complement each other quite nicely uh, so when I do say a corporate and it's a 45 minute program I'll definitely do one thing in there that's memory because it gives it a bit of texture sure. and and the the clients that I get tend to be excited about that mixture of mind reading and memory uh, but then the, the conflict comes in because I want to just do the memory stuff however much I love doing mind reading and, and shows and coming up with funky cool things that allow you to look like you can read minds and all of that stuff I absolutely love it I'm like so far down that rabbit hole, it's unbelievable. I still have a, like a burning curiosity for magic and, and mentalism. But um, I just want to be doing the memory stuff, really. <laughs> so right. that's where the conflict comes in with me, not really with my audiences. I, I manage 
I manage that how I appear and you know uh, what you can see of me online is all about memory um, I don't have a website that talks about me as a mind reader but what I do have is past clients that have seen me do that that recommend me to other people and that's how I'm still out there doing mind reading shows and then the memory shows come in uh, through agents I work with and past clients again and my website and other things so why why do you prefer the memory stuff? Because there's the whole thing, you know, about the, the just as you mentioned, ambitious card at a wedding and, and the kind of karaoke magicians that are doing, oh, everybody's doing the same stuff, aren't they? Ring flight and omnideck and ambitious card. And, and there's, it, there's nothing wrong with that. There's it's nothing just... wrong with that. They're all strong tricks. But what I'm getting yes. at is, is the memory stuff rarer or is it just something that you so, enjoy more? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of both now. So I started... I started working on the memory act. It must be like 10 years ago now. Um, and it was just one, one thing inside of a show. And I know George, uh, George, there at vanishing Inc. we knew each other before, uh, before his vanishing Inc. Uh, days. And, um, interesting fact, it was actually George that helped me get revealed to the magic yeah. market. Um, he was there right from the beginning. So he's a good friend, but George, George would have seen a show of mine. Uh, me and him used to do shows together. In fact, where like one thing in my show was memory and it was very much all mentalism. Um, but now I really enjoy the memory stuff because I think, you know, at the time it was that it was, it was rarer and, and it's still quite rare. There's no one really doing a show about just memory, uh, in the UK at least very, very rare. No one. Um, but I don't know. I actually just enjoy doing it. Okay. I, I, I must, I, I really strongly believe like this thing I was at last night, it was nothing special or fancy. It was a little uh, conference and, I really believe that whatever you do in whatever situation you're doing it, it's this is such a cliched thing to say, but like it's all about how you do it and if they like you. And for me, the memory stuff, there's less process behind it all. Okay. And there's there's less um, there's less stuff going on, and it's more about me interacting with the people I'm working with, and getting them excited about something that I don't I don't know if I quite like the challenge of. To me, memory is very exciting. But to normal people, they don't really think about it. So I like that. I can't really explain it. No, um, no, no. That, 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 that makes total sense that there isn't... In terms of process, do you mean like there isn't stuff like a special clipboard or a thumb writer or whatever? That it's... Um, there, obviously, there is process in some of it. Like I, one thing I do in the, in the show, uh, and I still do and I've done since the beginning, is memorise a deck of cards. And there are lots of different ways that I can do that and lots of different ways that I stage that and et cetera. And there's obviously a process there of memorising the cards and mm-hmm. having people deal through cards and all of that stuff. But it, the process feels... It, I, I'm not sure. Um, it's there, but it's not as... It doesn't seem as important. And okay. uh, it's almost like there are still things to hide behind, uh, if, you, if you want to talk about it that way. But like, there's kind of less... Um, less cheating? I don't know. Less what? Less cheating? cheating. Well, I'm fine with I'm fine with deception because we're all in the same business of, of deception, and if you're there to inspire or educate or just entertain people, and that's what you've been booked to do, then just do a good job, be very good at what you do, and you know, and that's it, and that's fine, uh, regardless of whether you do magic or mind reading. There's nothing wrong with any of it. I think you just have to, um, with the memory stuff for me, I just find it so interesting to. It's like a challenge to okay. go out there and do, uh, a sh- you know. Here in the UK, it's rare. Oh, that, that I don't think you heard that, but I did. But it was an email. Um, it's <laughs> very loud in my ears. Uh, <laughs> in the last year, 
or mm -hmm. so, you've really ramped up the number of performances you're doing. What have you found most difficult and how have you tackled it? What made you take on more cruise work? Yeah, so the cruises are a weird thing for me. Um, I I enjoy them. I, I did one last year. It was the first ever one I'd done. And I'd seen that, like, I know Mark Paul um, relatively well. And he's a really, I really respect him. And he's very smart. And I know he's been doing, you know, he's been around for a long time, Mark Paul. He's great. And it, and uh, I got, so I got this cruise booking. And I, I knew that he did a lot of them. So I spoke to him on the phone. And I was a bit dubious, to be honest, because it was well out of my comfort zone. And and mainly, I thought, what if I get on the ship and I hate it, and then I'm mm. stuck there for a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, luckily, so on these cruises, you have to do two, excuse me, two separate shows. So I do one mind reading show, one memory show, and uh, and I got there and they'd lost my luggage and all of this chaos the first time around. Mm. And, and luckily, I did a good job. And then that's now resulted in in this year what was my first initial kind of test uh, cruise booking, which was last year in August has now become this year like I think eight or something so far you Climbing. know um, just for this year and that, I know that's not loads but like this, when you consider um, it's a new market that I've entered into mm. I'm obviously um, I'm doing a good job at it but that's weird um, it was unexpected and I kind of fell into it by accident but I'm, I'm glad and it's enjoyable is that a seagull? that's amazing <laughs> I, can, I can hear a seagull <laughs> yes it's a seagull I'm about 10 minutes from the sea. Oh, wow. So um, one's, one's come up to have a look at Arundel Castle. <laughs> um, what have you found difficult about um, ramping up the, the number of performances? Um, I, don't, I don't... Do you know the, the thing I always struggle with, with this job, and I, I love it to bits, you know, I hate... I just said love it to bits. Please cut that out. Because <laughs> um, I would laugh at someone if I heard them say that. Um, the thing about this job, and I, I really do enjoy it, I really like it, I wouldn't do anything else, but the thing about this job that I find the most difficult is the business side of it. Mm. So the, you know, get me in a room with any potential client and I'm confident they'll want to book me within minutes. Sure. I think I'm, a, I'm, I'm confident in myself that I'm likeable, I can... You can close them um, face to face. Yeah, I can, I hate the word like close them, but I can... Sorry. I can close, no, no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a... It's a you're talking in like technical business terms, which is great, but it just sounds so inhuman. But I'm going to close this person. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I get me in a room and I'm I'm relatively good, even though I'm quite strange at, at connecting with that person and having an interaction and and you start building these business relationships and 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 all of that. And I enjoy that. But what I'm rubbish at and the challenge I've always found this year, especially, is it's not even finding the 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 work so much. It's the it's the the contracts and the invoices and the the back and forth with what you need beforehand and i'm lucky in the sense that some of that is done for say a third of the events that i do in a year some of that's done by an agent right. you know um but not all the time and i still have to do a lot of that myself and that's the challenge is because the busier you get even though it's great uh, the more uh, invoices you have to send and the more contracts you have to send and the more people you have to chase up for the deposit and the more people you have to check in with to make sure they've got your tech requirements document sure. so that when you get there, you're not on a microphone that's got a one foot long cable, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and all of these things that we uh, we kind of don't ever talk about in magic, but it's the kind of, um, it's the truth is you have to deal with all of this stuff. And that's always been my challenge, to be honest. I'd be a lot busier if I was a, if I was a better businessman. <laughs> right. um, not even businessman, because I'm organised and I, I can 
deal with people relatively well, and I know I'll do a good job when I get there. But the the struggle the for me is always kind of side of it. Yeah, the admin. I just find it really dull. Um, just really dull. I'd rather sit and practice my tabled farrow or something <laughs> than than send invoices. But I've got to send invoices to get paid. So it's yeah, like, that, that's how it works normally. Yeah. What about the travel? Do you like the travel? I like the travel uh, a lot. You know, I'm lucky. I know a lot of people that are my age that are in jobs that you know they all enjoy and stuff. But um, like old old school friends, especially people I went to uni with. Um, in particular, and they're like, you know, they're happy in what they do, but they wish they could travel a bit more. And mm. I, I do like that, you know, and in a week and a half's time, going to Los Angeles for a, a day, and then I'm going to Phoenix for a day, the day after, and then I'm going to Sacramento for a day uh, to go and see the, the guys at Murphy's. And then I get home at 9pm on the 19th of, of April, and on the 20th I fly out to Gibraltar to join a ship, and then when I get back, there's a... so. I enjoy it. I do enjoy it. And I like being busy and busy is great. But the only time I don't enjoy the travel is when you... So here's a, here's a funny travel story I'll tell very quickly. Uh, I, The second uh, second ship I ever did, which was in February, and I think it's that one that really resulted in me getting these other ones that have come in since. Um, I was I had to fly to Noumea, which is like two hours away from New Zealand. Okay. And... Um, and I got to Manchester to Heathrow, and I get to Heathrow, and I and it said on my uh, my app, it said my flight was twenty four hours. So I thought that meant that the time difference was about twelve hours, which is true, and the flight would be twelve. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was only when I got to Heathrow, and it said New Zealand. Got to fly to New Zealand, then to the little island after. So it's three flights to get there. Um, turns out it was four because you had to fly to Los Angeles and then get back on the plane and fly another twelve hours before you could do the last three. Um, so it was only when I got to to Heathrow that I realised I was it was an actual 24-hour flight. That's how... Um, so, uh, and I, I, asked, I asked someone on the plane, I asked one of the hosts, I was like, is this definitely 24 hours to get there? And I got laughed at. Um, so, it seems an awfully long time, frankly. <laughs> yeah, is this plane not going faster? Um, so that I didn't, you know, I didn't not enjoy that travel. I don't mean to sound like a first-world problem whinger, but, uh, yeah, but really, really, shells, really... isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure. And but you know, doesn't matter how comfortable you are on a plane. If you're on a plane for twenty four hours, that yes. is exhausting. And it's yeah, you know. Um, but I'm not complaining. I enjoyed it when I got there, and it was a very beautiful place. Touring with Jamay, what's that experience like? Oh, I mean, it, it still blows my mind that that's ever happened. Uh, in the sense of, we all we kind of met by accident almost. You know, I never used to go to magic conventions. Never used to go to magic lectures. Uh, I reached out to him with a friend of mine when uh, me and this friend lived in York, and I said like, "Hey, come and do a show and come and do a lecture." I think I said, "Come, you know, come and do a show," and uh, we had a back a back and forth, and we decided that we would organise a, a show and a lecture to make it worth uh, Luke's trip over uh, or up from London, I think at the time. And uh, so this happened anyway, and that was how we met. That was literally the first time we met, and uh, and. I'd asked him already to write, I'd sent him my book Roulette, which you guys uh, produce, right? Indeed. Vanishing Ink uh, produced that book. And that's, again, thanks to George that that book exists and, and other people too. But um, I remember when I was writing that book, here's a little cool thing for you. Uh, I looked at George once and said, like, I'd really like to get this out with Vanishing Ink. If, like, if that happens one day, I'd be super proud. And then look where we are now. Hey, hey. Um, good so, George. Uh, yeah, good, good old George. Uh, and Andy and Josh, obviously. So, yeah, they're all right. But George is the best driving <laughs> force. We all know this. 
Um, so, so yeah, me and Luke met then, and and then the show went really well. Like Luke did such a good job. This is a testament to, I mean, we all know how great he is, but the venue said come back each month, so it became a monthly show, and then he invited me to open for him at right. one of these shows in York. So one that was terrifying, but that and this sounds really cheesy, but that again was one of those like. You know, have a word myself and say you just got to do it. Like you, you know, you have to do these things to to move forward. And if we're not moving forward, then you feel like you're going nowhere. So, at the time, I was still at uni, and um, confident in my abilities to like get on a stage and do some stuff. Sure. Uh, but I, you know, I had like a loose show, but it, it you know, it wasn't going to be as good as opening. You know, as him, I was a bit terrified and intimidated. Mm. But it was great. So we did it. And then it just kind of, like, from there, you know, he, he would be over every month for this show and he'd usually come over. We'd hang out, uh, come over a bit uh, sooner or stay a little bit after the show. And we'd just spend time in York. And um, that was where we just became really good friends. And, again, like, uh, I don't, you know, it just all seems a bit too strange that it happened, but in a great way. You know, we're good friends now and we have been for a long time now. And I've got really fond memories of me and Luke, uh, you know, just hanging out in York, um, talking about magic. And that was, again, when I kind of got really, really, really excited by magic because of Luke and because I started integrating with magicians. And I went to like Blackpool Magic Convention for the mm-hmm. first time and the session for the first time. And so um, over time, that relationship developed. Luke is always just doing amazing things. He's always challenging himself. He's always working on exciting projects. He's always, he's never lost that. That fit, you know, he just has. I drive, honestly think you have, you, yeah, drive, but you've either not just drive, but like vision, and you either have it or you don't. And Luke right. just absolutely has it in abundance. Luke has it in quantities that balance out most of the magicians that don't have it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so he's an inspiring guy to be around, and he worked so hard. And he got, um, he got his first tour, which was uh, not the first tour, but you know, he got the. At the time when we knew each other, it was the the tour since. Obviously, he's done loads. He, the the show in Vegas and all these other things that he's done that are amazing. Um, and I was there for the shows he did at Leicester Square Theatre, just kind of hanging out and trying to be helpful and being supporting. Um, and then it just grew to a point where he said, "Do you want to come on tour with me? And would you like to open for me?" And I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> um, I mean, yes, and yes, please. like, holy beep, yes. Um, so I did, and then, yeah, it just carried on and uh, done two tours with him now, and it's been great, and it's been amazing, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity, and it's it's given me more stage time than most most people here. You know, everyone here in the UK is very good at weddings and all of that, but mm. I've I've had more stage time on proper theatre stages and experience working in proper theatre venues with proper crews, and obviously with with Luke and all of those things then most people even just more time stood on the stage on a proper stage than most people will ever get just because of Luke and you know from that so many great opportunities have come my way um so yeah it's amazing working with Luke it's always a pleasure I always always run things by him we always talk about magic we always talk about non-magic stuff I really he's one of my go-to people for like I've got this new idea what do you think of it and right. uh, yeah he's amazing so big up Luke Okay, if you didn't so get if that we, message already. If we're, if we're bigging up Luke, then um, what are some of the? Uh, who are some of the other mentalists that you admire at the moment? Let's, so we've got Luke in the top five. What? Let's, so let's have top five. It never changes, right? It's always the same for me. It, it it doesn't matter what I'm reading or I. You know, I have 
the top six to however many numbers you want are always changing, but the top five for me, one of them is more, um, I don't know if you'd categorise his mentalist, but he's amazing. So Luke is in there, obviously. And these are all equally in this list, right? They're all equal. It's not like one to five, but sure, top five. Sure, sure, sure. There's Luke. There's Michael Weber, who I only met because of Luke. And I don't know if, if I'd stayed away from hanging out with magicians and if I'd never met Luke, I don't know if I would even know about Michael Weber or right. maybe I certainly wouldn't know him. And um, anyway, so Michael's in there. He's incredible. And yeah, true true mind really you know same as luke they really read people's minds they're incredible and so smart and so captivating and amazing and interesting to to even just talk to never mind see on a stage sure uh marco feeder from italy he's someone that i met when i was at a convention in italy uh with luke and with um with with tara and marco came up to me and said like, i've read i think he'd read roulette there you go mm-hmm. um he he knew of me, but I didn't know of him. And me and me and Marco have since become great friends. And again, he's a he's he's a teacher of mine. He's he's older, he's wiser, he's read more, he's smarter. But he he's incredible. He can really do muscle reading. Um, he's such a he's such a fun guy to be around. He he comes over here sometimes. We hang out. I've been to Italy to hang out with him. We've done a lecture tour together. We speak all the time and. Uh, he yeah Marco feeder excellent but uh, again a true a true you know true mind reader true um true great and he's you know these are all people that are still alive right now how yeah, crazy yeah. is this um Max Maven uh, such a brilliantly brilliant amazing thinker creator and and person such a nice person such a he's always been very nice and warm and and kind to me and uh. Yeah, Max is great. I'm a big fan of Max Maven. And I was ever before I um was lucky to spend any time with him because of him mm. being at the you know the event and the session and Yeah, yeah, sure. Um Max is great. And then here's the wild card one that I don't Go know on. if most people would think is Rob Zabrecki. Ah, yes. Because, uh, like he does things that are mental flavoured, but he's also just this amazing character on stage and like all of the people, so Marco, Max, Michael, Luke, and Rob Zabrecki uh, they could all do anything on stage and you would not be able to stop watching. That's yeah, what makes yeah, them yeah. so good. It's the reading the phone book thing, isn't it? That I'd, I'd watch the Brecky read a phone book. Yeah, I'd watch all of them read a phone book. <laughs> uh, and this is links in with way early on, you know. It, what you're doing or what genre of magic it is or what style you do it in is, is kind of irrelevant. Matter, you just have, yeah. you're, you're aiming to be that person that is the most interesting person in the room and that captivates the whole room no matter what it is that you do. Sure. Sure. Hypothetical question now. Uh huh. If you were doing a lecture tour in America and were driving from place to place, how many times would you guess a mentalist <laughs> would get stopped for speeding? I would guess three. <laughs> but I would also guess, to expand on this, this hypothetical prediction, uh, that it would only result in one speeding ticket because the other two times you'd be a charming English man that would be able to distract the police officers even though their hands would be firmly on their pistols. <laughs> um, yeah, this really happened. Uh, I did five weeks of, of lectures around America. This time last year, actually, I would have still been there in March, April. And uh, on my first day... And the reason the reason you know about this is because George knows about this. And the yeah, reason George, George knows George is because I have popped that question. <laughs> I FaceTimed him, uh, and he was with Josh, and I was like, "You'll never guess what happened today." And then uh, 
they told me to be more sensible on the road. And then after, it was actually after that that I got the real speeding ticket, um, not just pulled over. But yeah, I managed to... Um, I was very confused by the question of licence and registration. Mm-hmm. And we don't have a registration in the UK. We just have a... I mean, we just have a licence. Yeah. So um, I was like, I don't know what that is, but I've got a licence. And then I, I remember reaching back to get my wallet out of my uh, jacket, which was on my back seat, this hire car. And uh, I'm not joking. I saw the guy like reach for his his. I think he thought I was going to shoot him. Oh. So that was scary. Um, and it was in Missouri. It was in uh, it was in Missouri. I got a speeding ticket for 165 dollars, and I've I, I decided to pay it because I I would like to go back. To, well, I don't know if I want to go back to Missouri, but I'd like to have the option to go back to yeah, Missouri. Yeah. Um, so well, yeah, that really happened. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell us anything about a new company that you're starting? I've heard about. Yeah, so this is an exciting thing uh, that I'm working on with two other people, and all I can say really is is the name of it, and uh, it's called Nepamuk. And okay, so is that the only .dot com that was left? No, no, that's a choice. <laughs> uh, so it's a it's a small it's going to be a small company. Uh, it's it's nothing. Um, it all will be revealed, but essentially it's about bringing exciting things to magicians that aren't necessarily magic, you know, tricks um, mm. or products. But uh, it's an exciting thing. It's kind of a, a different avenue of, of uh, I don't know, I'm excited by it. But I don't want to say too much, but everyone will, you'll all find out soon enough. Well, maybe but you keep your come, eye open. Maybe you can come back on when you can tell us more. Yeah, exactly. That would be perfect. So can you tell us anything about the new version? I remember when the Reveal launched, because I was at the session that year and bought it from you, but I understand there's a new version in the works. What can you tell Ooh. us about that? So there is a new version in the works. And oh, if anybody doesn't know, do you want to explain what Reveal is? So <laughs> Reveal is a, a thing that I came up with at uni. It's a, a clipboard. Uh, it's a specially made clipboard that uses no electronics or, or anything like that, but it allows you to have somebody draw a picture and then you're able to see that picture without obviously just looking at the front of the, the board. <laughs> yeah, that would, <laughs> that would be, just be a clipboard, wouldn't it? That would just be a clipboard, uh, which, which I'm sure someone sells somewhere. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's good. It, it was a thing that I came up with when I was living in York, probably in first year of uni, and it took until uh, after university for it to be, like, fully tested and used for a while and um and then me and george made a bunch of them and i took them portsmouth jumbo day was a convention first ever convention i did and i i'd made up a batch and i remember andy was there so andy was impressed by it and he was behind the dealer stand uh next to us and he was still kind of fooled by it so we ended up agreeing for vanishing ink to make it uh, and it's a it's a clipboard it's a clipboard peak, but it's, it comes with a specially made clipboard as well. So it's not just a thing you can do with anything, but it it looks as fair as someone writes or draws on a piece of paper, any piece of paper, any marker pen. It gets sealed inside of a, a padded mailer envelope facing away from you the whole time, and you're able to know what the drawing is. And it's all kind of, I think, handled in a smart way, and all of very those smart. things. And it's it's I'm very proud of it, and I still use it. It's really great, and I honestly it's still always in my lectures because I always want to want to talk about how useful it is to know and and how it's one of those things that I really stand by and I'm you know I'm not just knocking out stuff to to take people's money and then pretend I'm using it I'm really out there doing this stuff you know so what's what's happening with the new version so it's pretty exciting um we're working on a new version 
that if you have the first one, you'll know that uh, this is in, uh, this is an important change. There is no extra thing. Oh. And uh, and it's completely hands off. You never have to touch the the board. Um, double O. Yeah, it's pretty double O seven to be honest. Uh, but it's just yeah, it's gonna be tricky to get right. But I believe we'll get it right at the right time, whenever that is, and it will be great. I I can't wait to start getting the the kind of prototype suit because the idea is there and the handling of it. It's just a hands off version of the the original. So I know it'll work, and I know I've got a use for it straight away, but it's just getting that balance right of, of combining how it's working. But yes, I I think people are going to go crazy for it, and they're going to enjoy using it because it's one of those cool things. Uh, so I'm excited, but I don't want to say too much. Okay. Um, yeah. Four rapid-fire questions, Chris. Okay. Not magic. Favourite film? Uh, I don't think I have one. Um, that's a boring answer, but I don't okay. think I have a favourite film. I like them all. All the films? All the films. Every okay. single film ever made. Okay, good. Favourite... Honestly, no, sorry, favourite film, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. That's what ah, I mean. okay. Ant-Man. Okay. Yeah. That, was a good, that was a good call back there. Ah, see what you did there. Favourite yeah. band slash composer? Uh, at the moment, it's James Blake. Uh, he's not a band, but he's a, a songwriter, a singer... But I, I love all kinds of music. So James Blake is my answer for right now. Favourite pizza topping? Uh, vegan cheese, because I'm a vegan. Who would you rather fight, a hundred tiny Joshuas or one massive Andy? Uh, one massive Andy, because I know exactly how to take him down. <laughs> Chris Rawlins, thank you so much for taking your time out of your day this morning and talking to us. I look forward to seeing you soon. Yes, you too.